Do you want to run further, faster, or stronger? Do you want to enjoy your running more and generally be a better version of yourself? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Alan Ladd, a running coach and nutritionist. My aim is to help you improve your running from 5Ks to ultras by providing you with the knowledge and tools you need on training, nutrition, and mindset, as well as giving you the inspiration to dream bigger, achieve more in your running, and to make it fun at the same time. Welcome to the Running Rules Podcast. Let's get started. Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of the Running Rules Podcast, supporting kids running with Coach Tori Williams. It was amazing to get Tori on the show. She's so enthusiastic and knowledgeable about kids running and you're going to learn something whether you're a parent or not, whether you're coaching kids or not because her message of make it fun for the kids is something that really should resonate with us all in our own running as well. Before we start, I want to make a little addendum to last week's episode. We were talking about uh, different training terms, and I was mentioning our race pace as being threshold or tempo pace. And I was wanting to make this really a simple concept and I feel like I was still missing something after last week's episode. So I was going back and, and running the formulas and I've now come up with something that I think is an easier takeaway uh, for that hour race pace. So if you take your 5k pace and add 30 seconds to it, so 30 seconds slower, that is roughly for most people going to be your threshold or tempo pace. So I hope that helps. It surprisingly works pretty well across the board. It's not an exact science, but it's a very good rule of thumb. So take your 5k time at 30 seconds and that is your threshold or tempo pace. Finally, we're really getting to the point where we're starting to think about autumn races now. If you've got something big lined up, then you should really be starting to think about it. Dublin Marathon is 20 weeks away and that might feel like a long time, but the sooner you start with that base phase training, the better, the more maneuver you have during the marathon prep. So I really encourage you to start thinking about that. If you have any questions about base phase training or marathon training or half marathon training, please let me know at alan at therunningrules.com or you can DM me at therunningrules at Instagram or Facebook. I'm really happy to answer any questions on uh, those phases of training and why they're important or what you should include in them. So do let me know and I'm more than happy to help. Finally, finally, and I promise this is the last thing, if you are listening to this show and you like it, please do hit the subscribe button and even think about leaving me a comment or a review as it really helps with the show ratings and then I'm able to invite uh, more guests onto the show, which is really what I want to do and give you more and more value with the guests that I'm bringing on. So I'm really pleased that today we've got uh, Coach Tori Williams and here is my conversation with her. I hope you enjoy it. Hi everyone and welcome back to the Running Rules podcast. Um, today I'm really excited to have a guest on the show, Tori Williams, Coach Tori. Um, coach Tori is a runner, a running coach and founder of the Meriki Run Club, which is a youth program for three to 13 year olds. And that's where we're going to spend most of our time talking about today, talking about youth running and how we can support our youth. She's also the host of the Raising Runners podcast, and she was very kind to have me on as a guest back in September. 
and hopefully again um just coming up um so uh, listening to her podcast and being having that experience was really an inspiration to start this podcast so i'm really excited to get started in this conversation welcome to the show coach tari hey how's it going i'm good thanks uh, i really appreciate you getting up really early for this as well so i should say you're my first guest from across the pond as well so um we've obviously had to make this time fit and unfortunately for you it's it's really early there so <laughs> um i really appreciate this but if we could maybe start with a bit of your backstory give us a, a bit of a flavor of who you are and how you got into running and um, that would be great sure it's so funny i'm like never prepared for this question even though it's like such a normal question people ask but um i started running as wow like elementary school i think i did like we i'm sure lots of elementary schools do like a timed mile so it was like always a thing that we did here um, we had an elementary school track meet that I trained for. Um, and by trained for, I mean, like I practiced the mile and I think my mom took me to the track like one time and was like, oh, you can do it. It's fine. Um, both of my parents were runners. Um, my mom does not run anymore, but she ran like up into college, um, short distance runner. My dad, same thing, was a short distance runner. So of course, like me being like, I want to be like them. Also thought I'd be a short distance runner. Um, ran, you know, elementary school, middle school, high school, got to high school. My, I remember distinctly that my coach told me I was so slow. He could time me with a calendar. And I was like, oh, so I'm not a short distance runner. Uh, <laughs> long distance is more my thing. Um, so that's kind of, you know, not to like continue to talk about being a little kid, but that's kind of where it was um, as a young person. So parents are runners, kind of always loved running, took a little bit of time to figure out what I was good-ish at. Um, and then, yeah, like ran high school, ran a little bit in college, had a lot of like illness, kind of made it not like a competitive thing anymore, unfortunately in college. And then, you know, trying to navigate the adult world of running is like, where do you go from there? Um did a lot of 5Ks, kind of ran with some friends, ran by myself, um, found a running group, love my running group now, um, doing some more racing, longer distance stuff at this point. Um, during the pandemic is when I started the Marikee Run Club. Um, was just looking for something different to do with work and um, also realizing that like the kids are having a really, really hard time right now with not being able to do like any kinds of sports activities, you know, lots of things were shut down over here with, um, not only like, you know, the normal things, businesses, schools were all different, but like all the activities kids could do were different. Um, and so I thought like running and walking is really what everyone's kind of doing right now. So try to figure out how to make all of that work out. Um, so kids were able to still come to an activity, still be safe, be distant, um, be outside throughout the whole year. Um, and that's kind of like where it all started. Yeah. I've, I, I hadn't really occurred to me that it was during the pandemic that you started the run club, but that makes total sense. I remember, yeah, everything was shut down here and, and, um, you know, we were doing the homeschooling and, uh, I know people do do the homeschooling all the time, but um, it was totally new for us. And yeah, it was it was hard to do anything. And and you're right. For me, it was 
I, I was always worried that they were going to, you know, stop doing, stop us doing those outside activities, but that they never came to that. And that was really the thing that sort of almost kept you going through that point of, uh, point of time. So um, I was great that you put that together um, at that time for the kids. Was it something that had been on your mind beforehand to, to start something up like that or, or uh, work with kids? Uh, was, was it really just the pandemic that all brought that about? Um, yeah, it was really like perfect storm of kind of everything. So I've always worked with children in some capacity. Um, I worked in behavioral health for, you know, a long time, um, with kids up to age 21, um, but like completely different population, um, mostly kids with autism and like severe aggression and different kinds of things. So it was, um, totally different group, but you know, as a, again, like a younger person, I worked at like summer camps and stuff. So kind of always thought that working with kids was like fun if for nothing else, like super important, but you know, it's fun too. Um, and always been a runner, like I said. Um, and then yeah, during the pandemic is when I had my son. So, um, also was kind of like trying to navigate parenting workforce pandemic, you know, all of that stuff too. So I was like, what can I do differently. And that's when I kind of started thinking of like the things that I like, the things that people need. Um, and so, no, yeah, it wasn't really something that was always on my mind, but then once I started thinking about, you know, coming up with something that was going to work for me and other people, it kind of just made sense of like, I need a kid's running group. There's not enough kids running stuff around here. Um, and then kind of pulling all my passions together to make it all fit. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm right in thinking that this is three to 13 year olds. That's quite a quite a big range of uh, ages, I guess. And your son's almost going to be ready to go into that as well. That's that must be quite exciting. But what what kinds of things do you do then um, in in the run group? Is it all all running? Is it um, games? What kind of what does it look like? And is it different for the different age ranges? Yeah, so it's definitely different for different age ranges. Um, typically, the like three to five year olds are completely um, like different, everything's different. We do like shorter classes, as you know, the attention span at that age is not, um, not super long. Um, so we do completely different stuff and it's all, um, all games based or like play-based learning, um, especially for the little kids. Um, so we do like, you know, relay racing, we do a little bit of, um, like different kinds of more like gym class kind of games, like red light, green light, um, and just kind of making running a part of everything that they're doing while they're in class. Um, and for the little kids, the big thing too, I think the reason parents bring them to classes like that is not only like becoming more social, but also, you know, helping with those skills that they need as they grow up with like impulse control and following directions from different people. So, you know, a lot of that stuff's in it too. Um, we don't get too into the empowerment stuff for the little kids, just because you're kind of already throwing a lot at them of like, you got to stand here, you got to stretch here. Um, so yes, a lot of it is just like, you know, having fun with running as the, with the little kids. And then, um, right now we often have our five through 13 or like five plus to six to 13 year olds all together. Um, and sometimes people are like, wow, that's like a really big age range to be running together. But I found that, um, the older kids are often helping the younger kids and people have a lot of different, um, natural abilities with the kids. So, you know, having there be that range doesn't really seem to be a problem for us. Um, and we structure like the whole year a little differently. So 
um, two times a year. It's like fall and spring is when we do more of like, um, it's more like a, what am I trying to think of? Um, it progresses through. So, you know, we follow a curriculum. They, every running skill that they're learning, they also are learning an empowerment skill with it. Um, and so by that, I mean, like when we're teaching, um, what's like the easiest example when we're teaching, um, we talk about like pace and sprinting, um, versus like longer distance, slow running. We're also teaching them about, um, positive thoughts and how different the way we feel can affect the way that we're running and the way that we're moving. Um, so kind of like incorporating all those things in there. So spring and fall, we're following that kind of structure. Um, and then they have a goal that they work towards at the end of it. Um, and then, like I said, it's like the off season with our summer and winter. Um, we more do have just like a running group. So that's more of like people show up, we do a little warm up. everybody goes for a run, do a cool down, you know, kind of finish it off that way. So it's a little more casual that way. So we try to kind of break it up, um, for the kids. We stop at 13 typically, um, just because at that point kids are more getting into the sports, like in their school. Um, and just like everyone's kind of really busy. I mean, everyone's busy all the time, but like that age gets a little busier with different things. So, um, typically that's kind of the age I cut it off at. Yeah. There's uh, so much good stuff in there. I wish I'd had something like this when I was growing up because, uh, anyone on this podcast uh, that listens to this podcast will know that um, I didn't like running until um, I got into my adulthood. So I was, I did do a couple of team games, but really not up to a very, you know, not up to a, a particularly high age. Uh, but also the other things that you said in there that is, you know, it's not just about dumping the kids off and getting some time back for the parents, but it's it's so much, and it's not just about running. It's all about learning to take instructions and learning different skills. And also that the bigger kids um, having the responsibility of helping the younger kids, all of that is, is great. And I see that now with the um, the youth section of our, our own running club. My, my boys are six and nine. So really we, our youth, youth section is really only supposed to start at eight, but they allow the, the kids of, of the coaches that are in our club to join. And, um, but I see the difference even between six and nine, how, um, my six-year-old is still sort of a bit all over the place. You know, he'll, he, he loves, he loves going to the, to the, um, youth section, but he will be, sometimes he'll be really clued in and doing it. And sometimes he'll just be off in his own, own world. And my nine-year-olds are quite a lot more, you know, in, into taking instructions and he'll be right on it and wants to do everything right. So, and I'm sure it, it doesn't vary just by age, but by personality as well. So I, I think it's really interesting to to hear this from you, but to, to remind parents that, you know, it's not just uh, a 30 minutes of the kids letting off some steam. It's actually really beneficial for their, their development as, as well. Um, so it's, it's really great what you're doing. What challenges or problems have you seen in other youth sports that you wanted to overcome in your club? Because I know that's one of the big things that you, your focus is on in your club. Yeah. So, and I'm not sure if it's the same over there, but we get really competitive with youth sports here. I mean, like kind of with everything, we're like really, you know, a little over the top, but um, youth sports are really competitive here and um, kids have their schedules packed nowadays it seems again there's always you know different ends of the spectrum but um like every day of the week kids have some kind of activity they're doing sports they're doing travel teams 
they're on a team, you know, all year long, they don't ever have a break. Um, and there's been a lot of, um, research and things about burnout in youth sports. Um, and for me as someone who has loved running since forever, I would hate for kids to start doing an activity. And by the time they're, you know, 12 or 13 hate doing it just because they did it too much, um, or it just wasn't beneficial for them in that way. So that was one thing I really, I wanted to combat because I mean, not only are the kids so busy and they're overdoing it, us parents were a little crazy too. And, um, not always looking at it in a healthy way from what's actually good for them. Um, and so that kind of, and the coaches too, I mean, we, we have a lot of complaints often about different kinds of coaching strategies and there's always, um, again, like depending on the goals, things have to be a little different, but, um, yeah, there were just a lot of problems that I, I thought we didn't need to have, and it is so simple to do it differently. Um, so like I mentioned, when I was talking about the way we structure our year too, it's not just the same thing all the time. Um, you know, it has a different flow. It has a different feel. The kids' goals are going to be different. Um, practice is going to look different. So just having that kind of change up is um, really important for them. So they're not doing all of the same stuff all the time, just like us as runners too, right? Like you're not training the same way all year round. You need to have some things a little different, add some cross training, different kinds of stuff. So um, I wanted to make sure that that was not only an option, but like that was just how it was structured. Um, also having it be not something that they have to be in for the whole year to feel like they're getting something out of it. So it's like every eight weeks is when they are testing out on whatever goal that they made um, so that people are able to pop in, pop out, um, especially like summertime, people are floating in each you know, different month, um, depending on their schedules too. So it wasn't something people had to feel like, well, my kid has to be committed for the whole year um, to be able to feel successful and actually get something out of it. So that was a big thing. Um, and uh, let me see also just like the way we talk about running, like I didn't want it to be, there are really awesome competitive groups here for running too. Um, and that definitely has its place. I didn't want to have to be another one of those groups. Um, just because there's kids who are going to love running, who are never going to be competitive, or maybe just at this age, they're not going to be competitive. Um, so that we were really focusing on like an individual goal and then also incorporating those like other kinds of life skills. Like I was sort of mentioning too, um, just so it kind of carries over, um, and has like more meaning to them. So also teaching them, you know, about how they can talk themselves up, how they can have like a mantra to help keep them motivated to do stuff, how they can work on their own individual goal. And it's not about being first, second or third. It's like, did you meet the goal that you set? Um, so kind of explaining those things to them too. Um, just because all kids are going to have different personalities too. So it was kind of hard to find like the perfect structure for something that's going to be positive for all kids, but um, trying to like set it up so that it was positive, but it wasn't just like all, you know, people don't love participation trophies and stuff like that. So um, it had that same kind of vibe of like, you're all going to feel good about it, but you actually are working towards something. Um, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's, that's really interesting. And it's, it's, it's also interesting thinking of it from the standpoint of um, teaching this to kids, but then taking it through to adulthood, where obviously most of us are not going to be winning trophies in in running. But if if that was the only reason that anyone was into running, then it would be about zero point zero one percent of the runners that we have now. So it's you know it's all about that participation and doing what's good for us and 
uh, and meet, meeting our own personal goals and challenges and learning that from an early age is again, if I look back to my childhood, I'm pretty sure that that was something that was never taught to me in, in PE and in, in school, which is probably the only time I would have come into contact with this kind of stuff. So, um, that's really great. One, one question I have is, um, how, how competitive can we make it, but be fun at the same time? So it obviously there is so many, so many sports that the kids get into, and I'm thinking of my own again, um, with the uh, one of mine plays soccer and he is expected to be there, you know, three times a week and you have to be, you have to keep going and you have to buy all the kit and it's a big commitment. Um, but he's actually probably in one of the teams where the kids are really there just for the the social element. They, they like kicking the ball about, but they're at, and you can see that they're disappointed when they lose, but they're actually one of the few teams I see that, you know, they're just more happy to be there. I think most of the teams they come up against, they want to win. They're just really competitive and that's all that seems to matter. But obviously we want to build some kind of competitiveness into to kids, but we want to do it in in a balanced way to and make it fun. So how is that possible and how much should we go to the competitive side or not? Yeah. And that's such a tough question because as someone who is competitive constantly, like I, I know as a young kid, that was everything. I mean, I would like cheat at card games because I wanted to win. So like, I get it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, and it, it's, it's so kid dependent too. Um, because like you're saying, like there are kids who are going to be in the same setting that are just having fun. And there's kids who are going to be really into it or just show like a lot of skill. So, um, there's a couple things to do in that kind of setting that, um, can help with not creating burnout. Cause that's really what a lot of the issues are that we don't want to see with like competitive sports is burning the kids out on the sports that they no longer want to participate. They possibly are getting injured. Um, a lot of things that are outside of running, we don't always see those like overuse injuries. So, um, like different kinds of sports, like you're saying soccer and stuff. Um, it's not always going to be, um, the main issue with, with kids in those sports, but they talk about focusing on one sport at a young age. So that's like before being a teenager, um, trying to avoid. So even if your kids love, you know, baseball or whatever it is, um, I guess I picked like a bad example. Cause really we only do that over here. Do you guys do baseball? No, no right? I think that's more of an American thing. Cricket. Uh, yeah. Well, actually I'm in Northern Ireland, so I Ireland's not really a cricket place, but yeah. <laughs> we'll stick with soccer then. Use I didn't want to use soccer again, but we'll stick with soccer. Um, so kids love soccer, um, but also giving them options to still play other sports too. Um, and like an off season doesn't have to be half the year you do soccer, half the year you do something else. It can be seven, eight months out of the year, you do soccer. And then for summer we do swimming or something. Um, so adding in other sports is always a good idea to help expose them to other things, but then also give them a break from what they've been doing. Um, having no rest from, and now I'm like having to read notes, which I'm never great at, but, um, having no, you know, same thing, no rest from any of their training seasons or whatever is, um, obviously something you want to avoid. And then, um, let me see, like we talked about too, like really emphasizing the fun. So helping them not only be 
competitive and be excited about doing better, you know, having their team win or whatever it is, um, but trying to help them also focus on a different kind of element of it. So like, what was the, their favorite part of practice today? What did they learn still? What did they enjoy? So helping them come up with goals and thoughts that aren't just, I won, I won, I won, because as much as that is kind of what the goal is, um, helping them think of other things so that they are able to be more resilient when they do lose or experience some kind of failure. They're not thinking, wow, I just, I hate soccer now because I, we did, we stopped winning. Um, but I still got to play with my friends. I still had to have a good time. I still scored for goals. Um, so helping them have some perspective on that too. Um, and then, you know, other ways of not pressuring them as parents and coaches. So, um, you know, you have to walk that fine line. I'm sure as like a parent and a coach of like, okay, it's not fun anymore for them. When is an okay time for them to quit the sport if they want to quit and stuff and, and helping them find that balance, um, which again, is going to be different by age. Um, if they're no longer loving it, but forcing kids to stay in sports that they don't want to be in not always great can lead to some kinds of issues. Um, I think I read somewhere it's probably on like social media at this point, but talking about how you help kids quit a sport in a healthy, healthy way. Um, and it was about, you have to quit on a good day. So you have to validate that they don't want to do it anymore. If they're saying like, Hey, you know, dad, I, I hate soccer now. It just, I don't like going anymore. I would like to stop. Um, they're not allowed to stop on a day that they had a bad time. They're not allowed to stop on a day that it was bad, but they are allowed to stop. So helping them kind of have that understanding of, okay, I don't want to quit when I don't like something. If I had a good day at soccer and I still just really hate soccer though, then I'm allowed to decide I don't want to do it anymore. So also helping them not have that, just like I quit when things are hard kind of mentality, um, just to offer some perspective on the other end too. That's a really great idea that I never thought of quit on a good day. Um, I love that. Um, and I've actually gone through this a little bit with my older son who who still plays the soccer. I think last at the end of last season, he was saying, I don't want to do it anymore. And we said, that's fine. You know, we've got you've got to the end of the season. It's probably a, a good time now if you if you want to get out of it because you're not letting anyone down. It, it's obviously a bit harder when you're in the middle of a season and you know that you will be letting some people down, but you still don't. You know, that was that was not something that we needed that was a positive at that point of time um if he had wanted but then we let that sit with him and about you know a few days a week later he's like no I actually do really want to go back because when it actually the thought sat with him that he wasn't going to be involved with the 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 boys that he was playing with anymore he kind of just he decided that actually he did want to go back and he's not really looked back you know we're probably we're coming up well we're at the end of the season now we'll we'll have that discussion again, probably, because you don't want to just assume that everything's okay. You want to keep having these conversations. Um, but I'm sure it's different with every every, situ every situation. But um, yeah, it's really hard to know when, if it's just been a bad day, that's not necessarily the bad the, the time to quit because, you know, we all have bad days at, at different things. You know, I have bad days running all the time. Well, not all the time, but from time <laughs> to time. And sometimes it doesn't really now cross my mind that I might want to quit but I'm sure earlier back in the in the day when you know I hadn't been running as long and you get those bad days then you do think that maybe you want to quit and it's having those conversations I suppose but 
obviously with kids, it's a little bit different because they're looking for you to, for a bit of guidance or, or maybe they're not, maybe they're very sort of firm in their, their own mind. So depending on the different, um, different personalities, I guess. Um, I want to circle back just to something that you said about um, managing, I think you didn't exactly say this, but sort of managing load through different activities and you might be doing, so kids might be coming to to your run club, but they might also be doing other sports. And how aware are you of what the other kids are doing um, outside of your club and how much of a responsibility, you know, is it on the parents to sort of come to you with that information and have that that dialogue and you know how much of a, res- a responsibility is it on the parents to make sure that they're managing that load yeah so where do I want to go first the part of why I actually started the podcast was because I felt like I wasn't getting enough information to the parents on a lot of these topics um and I thought because I listen to a lot of podcasts I'm like maybe parents are gonna listen to a lot of podcasts as opposed to reading my newsletter um so yeah, I think I think there's an element to it. I mean, it's always going to be the parents' responsibility, but um, letting them know because a lot of people just don't, you know, think they're like, okay, well, I have five days out of the week after school, we have to fill it up with activities. Um, so kind of just like giving them perspective on that, that like you may not have to, because um, there's also just so much opportunity for the kids to be in different activities too. So it's hard to kind of pick and choose and the kids don't want to pick and choose. They want to do everything um, sometimes. So, you know, it is us as parents jobs to help balance that. Um, I mean, I found that especially when running like kids while we're doing warm up, like they just want to talk about what they're doing. So it's pretty easy. Even if parents aren't letting me know, like we have soccer on Tuesdays, we have this on Thursdays. Um, I know kind of what they're doing outside of running. Cause they're all going to be talking about it. Um, I tried to keep our run clubs to one or two days a week. So they weren't able to get so busy with just running too. Um, Cause a lot of times parents would be like, well, is there more days a week that we can do? And it's like, I don't really want you doing more days a week of running. Like you, we need to have some limits too. Um, so I was able to limit how much we were doing. Um, but then again, yeah, that doesn't really, I can't really change what they're doing outside of that. Um, so I was trying to do a lot of just like education, letting people know that they don't, you know, maybe signing up for extra things, going to soccer after this, um, you know, maybe just a little much for them today um, and kind of giving that information out. Um, and like I said, because kids are talking, I usually know if they had a tough day in gym class, so they're already tired or, um, you know, like those kinds of things all come up. So I would adjust if their kids were actually expressing that, like we have lacrosse after this, we had soccer earlier today, we did, we ran the mile in gym. Um, so everything's kind of easy, easy to adapt to, to make it easier for them to then not have like a really heavy, intense training day. Cause I know like if I did multiple sports in a day, I would not want to then go on a run later. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think, probably we as as run coaches are, are appreciative of the the overall load and like you say if you're getting the messages from the kids the kids are usually fairly open about what's going on if they're feeling tired they're just going to let you know um but getting that that education that information out to parents is really key i think and and it's great that with the work that you're doing the podcast and hopefully anyone listening to this will be taking away some great pointers as well for their own kids um I wanted to get a bit more specific about the the actual activities in in the runnings uh, and 
for, for kids, um, especially this, this is um, thinking about mine again, um, but I have a six-year-old and a nine-year-old. So the, the six-year-old, um, I, I think you have parkrun over near you. It's certainly over in the States. So we have parkrun and junior parkrun. So the junior parkrun's 2K and it's between four and 14, I think. And then you can actually do the 5K, the full park run from it's either four or five um so my first kid my first uh boy he was doing the full park run before uh the pandemic and he he did a few of those not not that often um but i do wonder is that too too young to be running that kind of distance and um i don't know if you have a, a an idea of this or or a feeling of this of when when should be when should kids be doing these events and what is um appropriate for different ages yeah um like i know personally i have some ideas on what makes sense and again it all can be individualized i did because i knew i thought you were gonna ask this so i did look up like what you know doctors and science says too because i'm like me and what i think doesn't always necessarily have to match that um but it is very kid dependent right so kids who aren't running at all, if we're then expecting them to run a 5k, like probably not great just because you and I know that if we're not running and then all of a sudden we're putting on a lot of running, we need to build up to it. So, um, like that's the first thing to consider, like how much are they running? How much is their body prepared to be putting on this, you know, kind of mileage or whatever. Um, so that's, that's the biggest thing. Um, also I think a lot of events, especially here are trying to be a little more conscious of, there are kids who are going to be able to complete these events. Should they though? So they put age limits on stuff. Um, I know last year there was like a whole controversy. I don't remember where it was, but there was a six-year-old who ran a marathon and people were all upset about it. Um, I mean, it took him like nine hours to run. So he was like walking a lot of it. Um, but it was a big, it was a big thing, which got people talking about how young is too young to run. Um, according to doctors though, um, children under five or five and under should be doing, um, like more of those sprint type things. We really shouldn't be expecting them to do, um, any kind of distance run. So they're talking like, you know, 400 meter type things and less. Um, I've also found that to be fine just because again, like the attention span is not always there. Um, even if they're able to run farther, um, you know, they haven't developed that idea of like pushing through and all that stuff yet either. So, um, doesn't always totally make sense. I don't think for those kids to be running super far, then six to 11, um, you're looking more at like half a mile to a mile. And that's, um, like, I know that's when we're running those things in school. So again, it kind of makes sense. And, and the way, at least that we learned how to do in school was like building up the distance very slowly. Um, so making sure we're not putting too much, um, like overuse on the joints, um, and all that. Cause again, like, you know, kids grow so fast too. So, um, you really don't want to be stressing out those tendons and muscles too, too much. Obviously making things work is great and it's going to help them, but, um, overdoing it is never good. And then when you're talking, they say 12 to 14 is more when you're looking at a 5k, um, we did a 5k club in the fall and we definitely had younger kids doing it. Um, but again, we, we made sure it was a super slow process to build up to that distance. Um, and so again, it, it was very kid dependent. And then when you're talking older kids, like into high school where people are getting more competitive, that's when, um, 
you know, science is saying 10 Ks to half marathons is better. And then 18 and up is more of the, the marathon distance. Um, I would generally agree with that just because again, why would you argue it? <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, I think it, it can really depend on the kids. It can depend on, um, also I think like the parents understanding, right. So like making sure if your kids are running farther, like we need to be looking at their sleep, their hydration, their nutrition, all that stuff too, to make sure we're also helping them be as healthy as possible while they're doing that stuff, because they don't always know what it feels like to not be getting the proper nutrition. They don't know that they might be feeling off or their sleep might be affected. Um, so we need to kind of monitor that stuff as well for them. So hopefully that answers the question. Yeah, definitely. I th- I think um, it's quite easy to fall into the trap of thinking our kids have just got so man- much energy, they they can do whatever. Uh, and it's there's no consequence to, to that, just let them do what they want to do. And I think for, for me, I think what you said is spot on. We need to make sure, just like anyone else, that be be going up to those higher distances that we make sure we manage that that program to to make sure that they can actually achieve that and we're not we're not putting too much risk in there. Um I do feel probably that that the ages for park runs are a bit a bit low, especially the the senior, the 5k park run. I think um it's fine if you know the kids are very active, they're doing a lot and they've trained up for it, then it it's probably okay. But um, yeah, I look back and and putting my uh, my eldest son through five k at the age of four or five now seems a bit like what was I th- really thinking there? So um, I think even the two k is quite a long time, like you said, um, for for kids that are t- probably going to. I mean, we we go down to the junior park run quite often. They both do it, but you've got a whole range of of. of of kids doing that from anywhere from about seven minutes all the way up to probably 20 minutes and 20 minutes is a long time for for anyone even 10 minutes is sometimes a long time for for kids to to be engaged in it uh, and I know I've done a couple of junior park runs with my youngest where you know you get about three minutes and they're like can we stop now and <laughs> um, so I definitely think those shorter events and also the things like sprints as well help in those other team games as well. Like um, uh, the soccer, I definitely think my oldest, he's definitely got more of an engine and he can run for a long time, but he's not as good at the sprints because he's never really done that. He hasn't gone to the athletics club or uh, he he hasn't done shorter distances. So I do think building all those different facets of of fitness and speed and uh, agility is is really important, and it sounds like that's the the kind of thing that you would you would do in the in the club, focusing on all of the different variety of activities that you do. Um, do you want to say to to give us a flavor of any of those activities or games that you might do? Pick out a couple of your favorites. Yeah, um, and like you're saying, it is it's actually so much easier to train the kids for sprinting um, because so much of what kids do already is sprinting type stuff. Um, so yeah, I mean, we do simple things, uh, like tag is really easy because you're working on, um, sprinting and then walking or slowing down and sprinting and then walking and slowing down. So helping them with like changing that speed, um, is fun. I mentioned red light green lane, which I had a couple of kids last year complain about like, we're too old to play this game. And it's like, 
Yeah, but also like there is value in it, right? Like you're going slow, you're going fast, you're slowing down, you're speeding up, um, you're putting all that different load on different areas. So um, it is important to practice that stuff. And it's just a little more fun than doing it um, in a regular way. Um, we have another fun game. And I'm like, again, it could be hard to explain this stuff over, you know, audio, right? Um, Let's give that a go. <laughs> yeah, right. Might as well. Um, you know, you take a bunch of cones and put all the cones like out into the field. Half of them are standing up the correct way. Half of them are upside down um, and having, you know, two teams and whatever team you're on, you're either on team, we call it volcano. So the cones that are regular and ice cream cone, which is the upside down cones. So you're trying to flip all the cones to whatever your team is. And I usually give them like a minute or two um, to do that. And then whichever team has more of the cones won that round. Um, pretty self-explanatory, but that's fun because they are, they're sprinting, but they're also changing directions. Um, They're bending over, you know, so they're doing a lot of different kinds of movements. That's not just sprinting. Um, And they're also learning that they need to be paying attention to where they're going. A lot of kids, which I never realized as they're running, they'll look in any direction besides like where they're going. Um, which is crazy to me that even I'm like, what are you even looking at? Like, we're just on the track. Like there's nothing to see. Um, so this, again, it can get a little dicey, but you know, they really need to be looking the direction they want their body to be going before they're moving. Cause they're going to run into somebody else who's doing the same thing. Um, so that's a fun game that we have. Um, we have another game where they are, there's like a bunch of different bins out in the field. It's either going to say, um, a card that says doubt on it, or it'll say like some kind of doubt, like I'm too slow or something. Um, or it's going to have a positive thought, um, or it's going to say something like I'm strong on it. Um, so this obviously only works for kids that can read and, um, they all just run out to any of the bins. Um, they grab, if they grab a doubt card, uh, they have to sprint then as fast as they can back to me to get rid of the doubt card. If they have a positive thought card, they're allowed to walk or jog or get a drink before they come back. Um, so playing around with speed, but also we kind of try to tie that in. It's like when you have doubts, it's going to feel uncomfortable, but then once you get a positive thought, it's going to feel easier. Um, so kind of tying that stuff in. So that's another fun one we do. We do a lot of relay races too, um, different kinds of obstacle courses. They really like the agility ladder. So we try to incorporate that into anything that we're doing. If we make it some kind of, um, you know, relay race with like sponges and water, especially as it's getting hot out now, um, everybody loves to like, you know, grab a sponge, run with it, dump it out kind of thing. Um, so those are just like some of the games that we do. They, I mean, they like to make up games also that I like don't even really understand. Um, the one, maybe it was two summers ago. Um, they made up some game that was like similar to like monopoly kind of with like, you know, they had all this and I was like, I don't even really understand what you guys are doing, but you know, they're running around to different cones, different spaces, they're picking up different stuff. So, um, the kids are really good at making up games. And I'm like, as long as you have to be running to do it, um, that's fine. Yeah. They, got great imaginations um see that with my own ones um i love the idea of the the doubt cards and the positive cards um i think that's a really really good concept because you're not just obviously just teaching about um fitness or or practicing fitness but you're practicing that mental side as well we've actually played the the other game you mentioned uh, we call it cups and saucers where you turn the 
the cones over, cones yeah. over. We've actually done that with the the seniors. They're very competitive. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. We did it for a summer camp and we did like the adult counselors versus the kids. And I was like, whoa, us adults like have no chill. Everyone is just like all over the place. So that is a really fun game, right? It is, but I'm surprised that no one's realized that you can never win at that game unless the other side just sort of sits down and gives up. So it's, also, um, it's good with kids, right? Because they like don't totally get that. Like it just keeps going and going and going, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, one thing I was going to ask you is what kind of challenges do you have a coach um, with different mental abilities of the kids? How does how does that uh, look um, and how would you adapt to to those situations? Yeah. Um, well, so we already do like that wide age range, right? I said we do like five to six up to 13. So um, we're already kind of dealing with just different maturity levels anyway, to some extent. Um, I've always found that like running, at least for the kids that show up to running, um, really connects with everybody on some kind of level. So we do adapt the games as needed. Like I said, some of these games kind of sound complicated to do um, because I've worked in behavioral health for so long. I feel like I am pretty good at recognizing the kids' abilities, but also knowing how to adapt things pretty quickly. Um, so I've been lucky to have that skill kind of already honed in um, before having to work in a, a coaching setting as well. Um, but I mean, the kids that come to running, like I said, like to run. So if they can't understand the game that we're doing, making it simple, or like they are in charge of running from this cone to that cone while the kids are doing this part of the game and coming back. Um, so really a lot of it is just understanding the kids that we have and then figuring out where they're at so that we can come up with something that they can move while they're, you know, in the club. Um, so yeah, it's like nothing too nuanced or, you know, interesting with that. Um, but it really is just how can we adapt things all of the kids like to move at least a little bit. Um, and a lot of the games also, like I mentioned, you know, making the older kids do red light, green light. Um, everyone's usually able to come down to a lower level if, you know, they like to participate. Um, so, you know, trying to make sure that we can all kind of meet some kind of movement goal for the day. Um, everyone seems pretty happy with being able to do that as well. Yeah. I think that's great advice. And also what, we should probably do more of with with seniors as well because you know everyone is at a different level, especially if it's a, a club of all abilities. So I was I was we were doing some drills last night and you could definitely see there was a, a massive range of abilities there. Um so it, it, like you say, it's it's understanding the individuals that you have uh in your coaching setting and adapting things accordingly. So so that's great to hear. Um I think um, we're coming to the end of the questions I had, but have you got uh, any final advice really for parents or, or anyone coaching young kids in sport that we haven't really covered so far in this conversation? Um, no, I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, it sounds really lame, but like keep it fun. Um, and I know that that's like such a, a vague thing to say too, but you know, we, ha we only have so long to be kids and to enjoy doing stuff as kids. And especially with running, you know, we talked about in our podcast, that's going to come out next week on my show, but, you know, improving as you age and we have, if we do it right, we have so much time to be 
really into running, to run all these different distances, you know, to decide when we're in our forties, we maybe want to start running ultras or something. Right. So we don't have to be doing so much right now. It can be just, I enjoy going out and running. I enjoy playing with my friends. Um, I enjoy being a part of a team and, and getting better at something, but it doesn't have to be like, by the time you're this age, you need to be running 10 K's or, you know, five K's or marathons. Um, because we have so much time to be able to do that. So I think just having, um, that perspective to see the long-term goal. I know as parents, like we want our kids to have every opportunity to do all the things and experience all the life and stuff. But I think we forget that for them, like having fun and getting to do things that they enjoy as well is giving them all of that stuff. They don't have to be on every team on every, you know, winning every race or whatever it is, or, you know, they, they aren't really, they really aren't missing out on all of that. If we're not overpacking their schedules and, and making life too busy. Cause I know me now as a, an adult, I feel like we're constantly like trying to be busier and do all these things. And it's like, cause you kind of have to, right. Like life makes you have to be that busy, but when you're a kid, you actually don't have to be. So enjoy it while you can. So us helping facilitate that I think is, is really important. Yeah. That's a great point to leave it on. Um, I see that with my kids that time is so short, you know, it's, it's unbelievable how, how quickly they grow up and just remembering, as you say, to keep everything fun and in perspective is a great point. Um, this has been so valuable and I hope everyone has really taken something away from this, especially if you've got kids of your own or if you're working with kids, um, this is going to be so helpful for everyone. But where would you like people to come and learn a bit more about you if they want to, either about you or the club or the podcast, where's the best place to send people to? Uh, yeah, I mean, definitely my podcast, although I think sometimes I pivot away from talking about kids stuff so much, but there are a bunch of older episodes where I'm also just explaining the club in general. So, um, definitely check out raising runners podcast. Um, I am trying to do less technology, social media stuff as of late. Um, but you can look up Marikee Run Club on social media. That is where I post a lot of things about the club um, and kind of just like what's going on with that. Our website is currently down, I believe, um, you know, trying to work on some tech things with that as well. Um, so you can search Marikee Run Club and you'll find kind of everywhere we have information on us too. So uh, we don't really have a home base at the moment, but uh, that'll be back up in a little bit, I'm sure. Well, I'll put all of those um, in the show, show notes um, so people can find those. But I want to thank you so much for, for getting up early and giving us all <laughs> this great information on youth running. And I wish you all the best uh, for the future and for the club coming into the summer. Yeah, thank you. This was so fun. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate you taking the time, and I hope you've got something to take away in action in your own running. Finally, who do you know that would enjoy this podcast? If you can send them a link, that would be amazing. I also have lots of free content on my website, therunningrules.com, including marathon guides, nutrition guides, and pacing calculators, as well as information on my coaching services and courses, which are all designed to take you to the next level of your running journey. Have a great day and see you for the next episode.